are back after what feels like a long two-month break. And we're so happy to have you joining us for this new episode of the Rue Career Radio. I'm Tess Serpranat. And I'm Allison Murdoch. And we're your hosts for Rue Career Radio, the podcast where we talk all things career at UMKC. So, Allison, how are things going this semester? I just love that question. How are things going? Um, (laughs) We're in a pandemic. (laughs) So that's happening. Um, Like, I feel like like everybody else, things have just been different. I don't think that they've been particularly overly negative in any way. I mean, yes, there are some, some, I guess, negative, interesting negative aspects of this semester that I didn't think were going to happen. For example, I was just thinking about earlier today, how at the beginning of the semester, I thought that for our career fairs, we were going to have, I guess, less employer interaction or involvement. But in reality, we had less student involvement and yes, I was isn't that shocked? I am with you on that one. I really thought with the way the economy was that we were going to have a hard time getting employers to come to any sort of career fair. Um, and then when you throw in that whole element of a virtual career fair, which most of our employers were not familiar with, I too thought that it was going to be tough. And yet mm-hmm. we had really great response from our employers. Absolutely. They were ready to go. Our students, however, not so much. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's been sort of an interesting phenomenon. I think that in some ways, I think the students have sort of adapted to this new normal of partial on-campus, partial, largely video, uh, virtual. But I think that they get weary, um, and, and I think that we're seeing with a lot of our extra things that it's just, it's, it's hard to get them motivated, really engaged. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think the, and that kind of brings us, I guess, to the positive aspect of the pandemic and us having to adapt to more virtual experiences is the fact that yes, our students we are in, we do have the generation now in college uh, where they've grown up with technology and I'm, I'll just say it now. I'm 25 years old. I also grew up with technology. It's not like I'm in a generation that didn't, um, but we're, it's more so the case with the students that are currently in, in college and coming up now. It's just more advanced technology. Should I say, I mean, I got my first iPhone when I was or my first smartphone when I was a senior in high school. So, and they're born with them basically. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's been an easier transition. And I remember when cell phones first came out as a thing. <laughs> I remember when they were a brick. Yeah. I, my first phone was a, a Nokia, one of those, like the black and white screen and everything where it's just like no color just like a nokia literally the size of my palm it was so small and then now we have like giant samsung notes or whatever they're called 
Yeah, I remember. So we're we're getting completely off topic. We but I remember when the whole emphasis, and I was working in the tech industry at the time. I remember when the whole industry was thinking, how can we get these things smaller and smaller and smaller? And you had the StarTac, that that little black clamshell thing that was just tiny. Um, mm-hmm. And and now the whole thing is bigger and bigger and bigger. But- yeah. And now, and I even have an A plus now and I'm like, can I go, I need to go down a size because this is too big. It's too much, but (laughs) we did get off topic. But the point of me saying this was it's a, it's an easier transition, I think, um, for students. And, um, we've, I think in our office, especially because, you know, with you being, you know, in the tech industry before, um, and I think a lot of our staff are very open to, new things and new ways to engage students um, that are maybe tech, more tech savvy that I just feel like it's just been so much easier for us to adapt. And we're doing appointments virtually and we're doing a lot of things through Zoom and presentations. And I find that we're definitely thriving in a way, like it really hasn't hindered us. And I think our students have as well. Because I of course love data. And so I've been looking at our data sort of usage, office, office usage, and uh, as well as some of the employee, employment data. I can't talk today. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> our appointments aren't down. We're no. pretty much on par with where we were a year ago when we were really busy mm-hmm. live on campus. So it's interesting that that you say it's been an easy transition because it, it feels like it has been and easy for us and, and clearly pretty easy for our students to transition to using our services in the virtual mm-hmm. world. Now we just need to get them to go to the virtual career fairs. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know me, if, you, if any of our students that are listening to this right now, you've probably received about a million messages from me via email or you're looking at our Instagram and that is just that's basically one of my main jobs at this point is just trying to get the word out to everyone um but it's like what else can I do like how else can I tell you can you please go to the career fairs (laughs) yeah you know and here's the sad thing because um it does hurt my feelings a little bit (laughs) And not not me personally, but um, it, it's it's painful because I know that it's the easiest way to find an internship or a job. Mm-hmm. These companies, the only reason they're doing this is because they've got open positions that they want to hire UMKC students for, and so it is the easiest way. Really? <laughs> and and then the other thing that's a little bit painful is that. You know, if we do a career fair and we don't get very many students signing up and some of these employers don't have full schedules and and have really low schedules, then it's really hard to get them to come back again. And and that just makes it that much harder for our students to get those internships and jobs. You know, it's it's just such a lost opportunity and has the potential to be, you know, difficult for both the student and the the employer side of things well into the future. Now, how I see it too, I mean, who knows how long this pandemic is going to last? I mean, we hope that there's going to be a vaccine 
next early next year but even if there is we're as general population people are not going to get it right away um and i think we're going to be seeing the effects of the pandemic in the job market for many more years um and yeah so- i agree i think it's i think it's not going to rebound immediately mm-hmm. i think that that it'll be a slower job market for a while yeah and i also think that that in a lot of ways, virtual career fairs are a good idea. So I think if students are saying, oh, I don't want to do a virtual career fair, I'm just going to hang out until we get back to a live one. I think a lot of employers like the the convenience, the mm-hmm. lack of travel. Um, it's a little more time efficient. And plus, it's a good opportunity to have those one-on-one yeah. conversations. So I think that we'll continue to see at least some virtual career fairs well into the future, post-pandemic. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe some hybrid action. Yeah. We will talk more about virtual career fairs and all the components of why one-on-ones are so great for our virtual career fairs anyways. Like, there's a lot of different platforms, but for the platform that we're using, Handshake, um, there's... I would say there's the great positives um, with the type of sessions that we have and the timeframes as well. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I think in a lot of ways, they're better, easier, less intimidating than a, than an in-person career mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess we should get started with the podcast or the... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's topic? what we're doing. I don't know. <laughs> It's been lovely chatting with you. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always. All right. So during this episode, the first half, we're really going to talk about recruiting seasons and maybe Tess will specify on major and industry. And then we're also going to discuss how recruiting has changed as well during this time um, and how we will likely see that change continue moving forward. And then we're going to go into virtual career fairs. And so we'll talk about um, our virtual career fairs specifically at UMKC, um, what to expect, how to prepare, all kinds of stuff. So. Excellent. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I guess also before we get started, we we should probably talk about our usual housekeeping. Um, It's been two months, so I just feel... Like, I'm like, how do I even record a podcast anymore? How do I, how do I do this? Our housekeeping items now. Uh, So we have, uh, I've already talked about this, but all of our, all of our events, all of our appointments, all of our services are basically all virtual. And I say basically because yes, there are some hybrid classes. So yes, our staff, me or Daniel, mostly Daniel, you'll see our faces going into classrooms. So sometimes we'll do in-person presentations, but everything else other than that, we're completely virtual. Uh, And then we also um, have a lot of events going on. Our employers are also posting virtual events and things like that in Handshake. So you can check all of those out under events on Handshake. And as a reminder, our UMKC alumni still have full access to our services. We know, obviously, again, it's a pandemic. We have a lot of alumni that are changing careers, that they're having to kind of switch things around. And so we're definitely there to help you no matter if you just graduated or if you've been 
working for decades now and haven't really even thought about UMKC, we're still here. Uh, so you can come use our services. Um, and if you want to email us, if you are an alum listening to this podcast, you can email us at careerservices at umkc.edu and we can help you kind of get started with some services that might work best for you for right now and where you are and then how to make appointments with us. All right, so let's get down to the nitty gritty of the episode. Okay, so we're back and it is time to talk about recruiting timelines and career fairs. Um, I'm going to chat a little bit about the recruiting timelines. This is something that it seems like a lot of students are unaware of and, and, it's, and it's actually pretty important. Mm-hmm. So for most careers, I would say that the bulk of recruiting takes place in the fall for opportunities that will start the following summer, whether that's an internship or a full-time job. So if you're hoping to do an internship, the best time is usually fall semester, um, start early and go to the career fair. And then, uh, you know, most employers I think try and wrap up the whole process by about Thanksgiving and then have offers out. And so you go into spring semester and you know what you'd be doing for an internship. And for full-time recruiting, it's, it's largely the same actually. Most of it will happen in the fall semester. Jobs are posted in August, interviews start in September and into October, offers are made and they wanna get things wrapped up by Thanksgiving break. Now, If you don't have anything lined up at this point, all is not lost. Don't worry. There might be uh, some opportunities that that have passed, but there's still some great opportunities out there. And spring recruiting will, we call it spring, but it starts in January. (laughs) So spring semester recruiting uh, starts in January. The jobs will actually start being posted over the winter break. So start looking for those in December, end of December and er- into early January. Then those companies will start setting up interviews in February, and which is carefully timed with all of our spring recruiting events and career fairs. And then those employers usually will try and wrap things up by spring break. So these aren't timelines that we set here at the campus. We really have very little control over this. This is what the employers do. They're recruiting at a lot of campuses. And so it's very helpful for them to have these set timelines and then all of the campuses try and accommodate this because obviously we want to have the best opportunities available to our students. But it is a little bit challenging because so many of our students think, oh, I'm going to look need a, an internship for the summer, so I'll start looking in March. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, school year's over in May, and that gives me a month or two to, to look. And, and that's pretty late, and there won't be very many opportunities in March. Mm-hmm. Um, or students will say, I'm graduating in, in the spring, so I'll look for a job after I graduate. 
and I would, I would really strongly encourage that students don't do that. Um, my motto is always early, early and often. So come into our office and talk to us as early as possible and, and keep coming back. Um, we'll keep helping you with every step of the way. So there's a little bit of variation to some of the different programs. A lot of the, the business, the engineering, computer science, um, all, a lot of the, the larger nonprofits are very much on that yeah. timeframe that I've been talking about. Uh, although careers like accounting start even earlier than that. And, and so then you would want to probably start reaching out to employers and looking out for opportunities in your sophomore year. Um, and then some careers actually, we've got student teaching opportunities that are part of your course um, or clinicals. And so oftentimes you find about full-time jobs as a result of some of those clinical experiences. Mm -hmm. but, but for the most part, think fall, think early. I was definitely guilty of not job searching until after I graduated. Literally the day of my graduation, I went home and I started applying to jobs because I just didn't know that you could do that. I mean, I knew, I knew that we had, I, I had friends. I knew people that had already had these jobs lined up and I really thought it was just because of their internship experience because, um, side note, I guess also still relevant, but a lot of a good way to also get a full-time job is through an internship you may have done with the organization because a lot of organizations do uh, recruit from their intern pool for their full-time positions. And so I had a lot of friends that did that, but I really thought my only option was to apply to things after I had graduated because that's when I had my degree. You know, I hear that all the time. You, you are not strange. <laughs> You were, you were not completely out of touch on this one um, because it's a really common thing that I hear from students. Like, you know, it, the job requires a degree. So I waited until I finished my degree. But the way some of these uh, organizations, big and small organizations, for-profit and non-profit, they know that every year they're going to recruit new people into these entry-level roles. And oftentimes these, these entry-level roles that they, they plan on actively recruiting for every year are more of the sort of fast-track leadership development type of roles. So they're not always this real, just basic entry-level. It's, it's the entry-level that they're very hopeful of great things from these candidates. So they have these plans that that they'll go around to campuses and, and recruit students uh, to fill these positions. And they're fantastic. Uh, they, they pay a little bit better usually. It's, it's really a developmental sort of job where you get exposed to a number of different elements of the company or the organization so that you can move into more leadership roles faster than, than just a typical entry-level position. But because they know that they've got to compete to get these students and the, the, the high quality students that they're looking for. And they know that the easiest time to get a student's attention and get a group of them all in one place so that they can meet them and evaluate them is while the student is still in school. 
So they start recruiting before you finish your degree. And, and that I think is one thing that a lot of students just are not aware of. Oh yeah. And I kind of speaking back to the internship side comment too, if you have maybe a summer internship between your junior and senior year, and you've worked with the company and they're ready to hire full-time positions because that's, you know, starting in September, that's when they're going to start really posting positions. They could hire you at the end of your internship for a full-time position. Oh, they want many, to hire you. Yeah. Many months prior to you actually getting a degree. <laughs> yeah. How, how sweet is that? I wish I'd known about that back when I was in college, I that, that if you get the internship with this company that you're, or organization you're really excited about, that their goal with the internship is to convert you to a full-time hire. So at the end of the summer internship, they kind of pull you in. They say, hey, we like you. Do you like us? Hey, (laughs) come and join us permanently when you graduate and go into your final year of school and you've got a job in hand. You know when your start date will be. You know what your job title is. You know where where you'll be going into the office um, or not going into the office since more and more things are, I think, are going to be remote. Uh, so, I mean, that makes for a pretty low stress final year of college if you walk in already knowing what your job will be. Yeah. And you basically get to now have bragging rights for the next, what is it, eight months until you, yeah. until you graduate. So also a plus. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I also wanted to talk about and I think this is part of the reason why we aren't getting quite as much traffic with our career fairs and and why some students are putting things off is I think a lot of students feel, you know, know, they hear so much negative news about hiring and employment Mm. rates and things like that. And like, what's the point of even going, looking into it now during the pandemic because people are firing people, people aren't hiring. And that's not completely true. So what we're finding, as Allison and I were saying earlier, is that there's a lot of companies hire. Mm-hmm. A lot of companies come to the career fair and they're looking to hire for both internships and full-time positions. And we're actually sure there's not quite as many companies as we've seen in the last few years, but man, it's been a, a fantastic job market in the last few years. Um, so, so I, but I'm surprised at how many companies are still actively recruiting. And often it's amazing too, uh, companies will be laying off at a higher level, but still bringing entry level people in. And so even if you've heard a company in the news that maybe they've recently done some layoffs, don't let that scare you because they're probably still recruiting entry level positions, even while that's going on. So, um, so it's different. I think that most of our companies are not quite in hiring quite as many people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have companies that hire 50 students uh, and, and maybe they're not hiring 50 for an internship. Maybe they're hiring 30. Or, you know, if they, they had a program where they were planning on bringing in five full-time hires, maybe they're only bringing in two or three but they're still hiring and, and still a lot of organizations are hiring. Yeah. I was just perusing through handshake 
the beginning of the semester, just looking at um, different jobs and we had a lot, like a lot of positions posted in Handshake, the season, the recruiting seasons dwindling. Um, it's, we don't have as many, but there's still a good amount there. I've seen a lot of internships and full-time positions left in the KC area. And, and for students who want to get out of the KC area, although heaven knows, why would you want to? <laughs> but uh, there's a ton of really fascinating jobs yeah. outside of the area. I just saw something with the Smithsonian Museums. They were looking for virtual internships for history majors. And it okay. um, seemed really interesting, so... Do you have anything else to add before I move on to virtual career fairs? You know, I do actually have one Ooh. little interesting tidbit because like I said, I've been playing around with some of the data and I always start with the data collection for the business school just because it's a little bit easier uh, to look at just that, that one small market. But, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about internships and doing an internship and it can lead to a job. Mm -hmm. What I found actually is not only were the students who had done an internship more likely to have a job within three months of graduation, but they on average were making $10,000 more than students who had found a job but weren't, but hadn't done an internship. 10,000. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good, yeah. So the, the internship can be incredibly beneficial yeah try and find time to do one absolutely do at least one if not more than one but do at least one because you know employers really do really do look for internships and relevant experience and if you're interested in research they look for a research experience um, so even if you don't have the time to do an internship and take on that responsibility, at least do maybe some shadowing experiences at the very minimum. You know, I think that the traditional 10 week internship in the summer, which most of them are paid and paid quite well. Um, I think that probably the, the, the clearest path to, to a full-time position, but there are other types of internships that are possible. Yeah. Research projects, there's, there's micro internships, mm -hmm. which are small projects that you might do for an employer in the area. There's job shadowing, which I think is really can be profoundly beneficial and, and be a much shorter commitment of time. But, but if you can swing it, that summer internship, that full-time summer internship is, is an amazing opportunity. All right, let's uh, talk about virtual career fairs. So all of our career fairs this semester for the fall semester, and we're looking at also for the spring semester, we have been conducting virtual career fairs because we absolutely were not going to do in-person fairs this year. Yeah, the idea of getting a thousand people in a confined space, I'm just, well, I'm not sure we could convince anybody to do it. No, I don't believe so. Also, I think we'd be breaking uh, some laws there. Yeah, I think well, the city would have some laws against that or ordinances. We and, would all just get it. And definitely the campus does. <laughs> Absolutely. So it just wasn't going to happen. Sorry for all of our students that just love in-person fairs. We also love our in-person fairs, but we have grown to love our virtual career fairs as well. 
because there's a lot of positives to the virtual career fairs. Um, but I, what I want to talk about first is kind of what to expect with it. How are virtual career fairs conducted? Um, how have they been? How have they been conducted this semester since we've had what four of them so far? And so one thing to make a note of is that our virtual career fairs are completely in Handshake. Um, so they literally, you're going to go into Handshake, you're going to go to events, filter for career fairs, and then you can register for the fairs that you're interested in. Once you've registered, you're going to be able to sign up for sessions. And we'll talk about the types of sessions in a second, um, but you'll be able to sign up for sessions and then you'll uh, be able to also view the sessions that you've signed up for. So it keeps track of it for you. And when you're ready to actually enter the fair the day of, um, there should be um, some sort of button like it says launch video or some sort. Well, you'll actually just click the button and it'll launch the video. And it's like I said, it's completely through Handshake. So it's so easy to navigate. Really, there's not a lot to it. Um, so that's definitely been one of the positives. It's just been so easy to get to know the system and the platform without putting much effort into it. And so there are two types of sessions that you can do. So there's a one-on-one -on -one session and the one-on-one -on -one session is great because it is 10 minutes long, 10 minutes. You get to talk one-on-one -on -one with a recruiter or an employee of some sort from the organization. We've actually had a lot of organizations that haven't just been adding their recruiters to the list that you can talk to. They've actually been adding um, their staff in the departments. And you can actually go through the different people that are added and you can pick who you want to talk to. And you can also see their titles as well. And you have 10 minutes to talk to that person about the organization, about the opportunities that they have that you may be interested in and talking about yourself as well and why you may be a good fit. If you've ever gone to an in-person fair, typically I would say maybe two minutes, two to five that you get to talk to a recruiter, I would say five is like kind of long. I would say five is really long. long. I would say on average, maybe two, two minutes that you can. That's why we also have elevator pitches for career fairs because you have such a short amount of time to talk to an employer about yourself, about their opportunities and really get to know one, 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 one another. And so what's great about our virtual career fairs is that you get 10 minutes versus two minutes. It also can be a little bit of an, a little bit intimidating as well. If you're not used to having that amount of time to talk with someone from an organization. So you will have to work a little bit harder to fill the silence. But our hope is that if you've done your research and you've really prepared some sort of elevator pitch to really talk about who you are as a professional, who you are as a student, how you'd be a good fit, why you're interested, all of those different notes, we're hoping that conversation flows. Once you're in there, it could be a little bit of nerve wracking, it can be nerve wracking, but the conversation should flow and we just, just come prepared and you'll nail it, it'll be great. Um, and then we have our group sessions and those are more information sessions. Those sessions are um, all about the organization, their products, their services, what they do, the types of opportunities that they're hiring for, maybe what they typically hire for every year. And so it's also an opportunity for you to get to know the organization itself and also maybe ask some questions if they have time for a Q&A after they're done with their information session. It's about 30 minutes long um, and you can have up to 50 students in each session. You know, I think that one of the interesting things about them is that it's easier for students to plan their time 
with the virtual career fairs. If any of the students uh, have been to one of our in-person fairs, you can wind, for some of the more popular companies or big name companies, you can stand in line for a long time waiting for that opportunity to talk to a recruiter or the employer for your two minutes. Yeah. But with the, the virtual, you sign up for your time slot in advance. You know who you're going to be talking to. You know exactly when it will start and when it will end. So I think it's a lot easier to fit it into a schedule. But but really, it's just you know opening up a Zoom call and or essentially it's it's not Zoom. It's in Handshake, but it's the same general principle. And so there's there's no commuting and and much easier in that regard. Mm-hmm. And really preparing for a virtual career fair is um, actually very similar to preparing for an in-person career fair. Um, There are some extra steps that you do need to take. It's very similar. So you still want to come in with research on hand, ready to talk to employers, know about their organization with, well, the organizations that you've signed up with. Um, You still want to come in with those things. You still want to come in with your elevator pitch. All of these are going to be very similar um, to an in-person fair, if not exactly the same. Um, You're also going to want to dress professionally. Also comes with a little bit of differences than in-person fairs. So with our handshake virtual career fairs, you do need to fill out your handshake profile completely because the employers will look at your profile before they can look at it during, and they can sure as heck look at it after the fair. Um, And so you're going to want your profile completely filled out, professional headshot. You're going to want every section you can completed and just make sure it's really put together and putting your best professional self forward. Yeah, and Alice and I just want to jump in too that yeah. one of the things that we found out this fall semester with the virtual career fairs is that if an employer sets parameters like they they're only going to make their 10 minute time slots available to juniors in computer science yep. who have a GPA of at least 3.0, if you don't have your handshake profile updated and you don't have your your GPA in there, then then Handshake won't even allow you to schedule a time slot with that employer because you don't meet the hiring parameters that they're looking for. You might have a 4.0 GPA, but if it's not in your Handshake account, then then you you just won't be allowed to register. So it's really important to get that Handshake profile up to date extremely important and add your updated resume because then they can also pull your resume from your profile and it's so much easier for everyone. Exactly. Um, (laughs) So we also suggest on that note as well, getting your resume reviewed before your career fair. Also very similar. If you're going to an in-person fair, you're always going to want to get your resume reviewed, updated, and make sure it's ready for employers to view um, and take with them hopefully as well. We're always here to, to help you prepare for the virtual career fairs and, and in-person career fairs and networking and interviewing. So of course, just be checking out Handshake to see what sort of workshops we're having. This fall, we had a lot of workshops on how to make the most of a virtual career fair. We'll be doing that again as, um, as towards the end of this semester to help students gear up for 
an early start with next semester. And of course, we'll have those again early next semester to help you get prepared. So uh, we're just here to help you any way we can. So this concludes our episode for October. We are so excited to be back and we hope that you'll get on Handshake, look at some of the events and programs that we have coming up. Of course, once spring semester starts, register for those virtual career fairs and take full advantage of all of the services and opportunities that we offer to our students and alumni here at UMKC. Yes, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and our YouTube channel, UMKC Career Channel. We also encourage you to join our LinkedIn group created for UMKC students, alumni, and employers to connect, post positions, and get updated on valuable career prep info. You have been listening to Rue Career Radio, brought to you by UMKC Career Services and the Block Career Center. We'll talk next time.